The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We're coming to you live from Salem, New Hampshire, right above Two Guys Smoke Shop. And today, we are going to talk about your dog getting enough R&R. Wow, that sounds great. What about the quirky tip? Are we going to jump into that? Yeah, sure. If well, you go wanna, ahead when you're ready. If you want to do that. All right. We're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. The quirky tip of the day, honey. <laughs> the quirky tip of the day. Um, so Cammy, who was on our Waboto episode, who did our Quirky Dog podcast, her little Corgi Trixie was on like the first few minutes or whatever. She's a neighbor. Anyway, they're on vacation skiing in Canada. Hope it's great. And Trixie's in for boarding. And she had the cutest little thing on her collar. And I had to make it the quirky tip. I had to ask Cammy what this was. So this is this little pouch that holds all the tags. So like they're not all like jingly jingly. And I guess like people put the Fi stuff in it, I guess, if you have like the GPS system. But this company is on Etsy and it's called Fido Custom Pouches and they come in all these different colors. And I just, I thought it was just brilliant. So, so smart. So all the tags, all the jingling, if you want to have like the town tag and all this crap that you keep on your dog and not hear it, this little pouch keeps it nice and tidy. I was yeah, thrilled. I mean, they were using them in the inner city. The kids that were selling crack Stop would keep it. it on their dogs. Stop they have it. a pit bull. You keep it right there. It's no problem. Yeah. Not going to get think, stolen. I don't think that uh, Fido Custom Pouches sells a lot to those clients. But it's very cute, and it's my quirky tip on Etsy. I'm just so excited about it. Okay, so this is a Scott topic. And Scott comes to me, and he goes, oh, I have a podcast topic. And, like, being you know, partners with Scott, podcasts with easy. Scott. <laughs> not easy. In a marriage with Scott. Like literally half the time, like he could be like, let's talk about canine flatulence. You know, like he just, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. But I really like you know, this one. That's a legitimate topic. And you shouldn't be making <laughs> oh fun God. of that. I knew Dogs have issues with the GI system. Any way, shape or form it would get him It could be tied into their diet. It could but, be stress. <laughs> we're not, that isn't the topic today. <laughs> but literally, like anytime he says this to me, I'm like, all right, what is it? Because you don't know where it's going to go. But I thought this was brilliant. So the topic is, does your dog get enough R&R? And he goes, what do you think I mean by R&R? And I said, rest and relaxation. Yeah. And uh, a lot. And the reason I brought this up is because I've been seeing a lot of new clients lately. And it seems that most of the dogs get plenty of rest and re, uh, <laughs> relaxation. either relaxation or recreation. Yeah. They're, they're involved. They're out throwing the ball for their dog. The dog's sleeping on the couch. The dog has got the life of Riley, if you want yep. to call it that. So what I was thinking is, does your dog get it, have enough rules and restrictions? I thought it was brilliant. So that's what we're going with today. A little play on words, not what you may think. And we were looking this up, and I guess uh, for the Marines, it's rest and recuperation too is another R&R. It's a but military today, slang. Military, yeah. whatever. So today we're going to do rules and restrictions. But as an aside, if you are tuning in because you thought it was going to be rest and relaxation, I do want to stress just very quickly here that your dog should get some downtime. For these dogs that are just going, 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 super high energy, never want to be in a crate, always pacing around the house, not resting well, make sure you are intentionally putting rest and relaxation into your dog's lives. And the way that we do that, it's not like something that we're training. I think when Sarah Stremming was on the podcast, she said that her dogs were really worky. 
um, which I love that term. And she's like, you know, if I'm going to have them chill, they're going to be like, how hard can I chill? And that's totally how our dogs are too. Like if we started feeding like, oh, that looks calm. They'd be like, okay, how does it look now that my eyes are dilated and I'm really acting calm? So when you are incorporating this like rest and uh, relaxation, if you are doing that, um, be conscious that it's just kind of passive stuff. You're giving the dog some downtime. They're able to kind of decompress away from humans and they are getting the rest and relaxation they need. Moving on to Along rules those lines. and restrictions. I would say that my dog, Jimmy, it's oh. interesting that <laughs> always uh, Jess always asks me, because he's out with me all day in the car, did he get any water? Does he, <laughs> did he drink his water today? And I always tell him no. He's had no access to water, 10, 12 hours, 90 degrees in the car. It's not but I do, leave, I do have water in the car for him, but he rarely drinks. He doesn't drink water when he's in the house. He doesn't drink water. But there's a water bucket hanging in his crate. And every time he goes, I'd send him to the crate, First thing he does is drink water. It's like in there, he drinks some water, and then he takes a nap. So Jimmy needs it He's just to stay hydrated. Yeah, if you want him to be hydrated, you got to send him to his crate. All right. And we always have to put a Jimmy story in. So, Scott, we're going to come up with these topics separately and then brainstorm, but we figured we'd just do this live because sometimes it's more fun. So Scott goes, well, I came up with a list of rules and restrictions that I have on my dogs. Very short list. And I'm very excited <laughs> to hear what that list encompasses, like truly. Yeah. So we are going to go through it live to see where Scott actually implements stuff. And I didn't do my homework, but I literally sat down for five minutes and I wrote a whole list of things that oh. I do. And then we'll give you guys This some... is why you wouldn't show me your list. Well, you I, hadn't done it. I, I know that I can I come up you. with rules and I restrictions that I put on our dogs pretty frequently and our, my own dogs, but also our dogs as family. And then we'll give you guys some things that like you can impart in your house too. So rules and restrictions is like an important thing to focus on. Structure is important. And this may help you and your family live a happier life with your dog. So what are your rules and restrictions? And I will preface this by <laughs> saying that dogs feel a lot safer, a lot calmer. Yes. When they have some rules and they know someone is in charge. Just like children. And that's so obvious. Yes. Yeah, as soon as you... We have a dog in right now that's been with us for a month, and he went from crazy, aggressive, really, really nutty... Yeah, not normal. very calm, eating on a schedule, uh, just a different dog. Yeah, He's a different dog, you know, and it's taken a month, and I think if if we had him two months... He'd be like a normal dog. He's, He's going still home not tomorrow, normal, though. We're not but, keeping him enough. But a really good dog. So you want yeah. to hear my first... Now, these are not in any order. Uh-huh. I, wanna, I just want to hear what First thing you that do, popped in my head. Or you say you do, because I'm fascinated. Uh, for random rules and restrictions for my dog. When he's in the car with me driving, he's never allowed to sit in my lap when I'm driving. Oh, that is now, true. I say that, that may seem obvious, I always see people driving with this friggin' dog right in, in the middle of them. And my biggest concern is that, God forbid, even with a small fender bender or something, if that airbag went off, it could hurt my dog. Yeah. You know? That um, is one that you do. And I will say, yeah, like, it's, it's just got- like, he gets, he shoots from the, the driver's seat right at the passenger seat and never comes back my way when I'm in the car. Yeah. And even if he's going to get like a, muffin what is it called the little things at duncan what are they Uh, called munchkins munchkins if he's going to get a munchkin or like a puppuccino from starbucks or something i that is true jimmy will like stand on the console but he'll never go actually in the driver's seat yeah and when that happens with a dog in front of me the dog's head is out the window (laughs) half into dunkin donuts i mean it's kind of funny (laughs) but my dog isn't gonna be doing that yeah that is one that you do now another one in along the lines of cars my dog will never have his head hanging out the window or be barking at anything outside of the car. It's just not acceptable behavior. Okay. And we, we see that all the time. I'll see car, dogs with their heads out the, 
the window but doing we also, 50 miles an hour. I would say you manage that a little bit more so than create a rule and restriction. It's a restriction. It's re- he's restricted. Yes, the, window's the window is up. Yeah, yeah. The window cannot come down. I got a buddy whose dog steps on the, the button to lower the thing, and he thinks it's so cool. Then the dog hangs out. Yeah. All you do is put the child lock on so that doesn't happen. Yeah. It's not cool. Yeah. When the dog falls out, it's not cool. All right. Those are good ones. What else let's do you have do, on your list? Oh, I got a big list. All right. Let's hear. I'm so excited to hear all these ways. Um, the second one I had here was that my dog sleeps in a crate at least three nights a week. So it's just a rule. It, he doesn't need to be in a crate, but I want him to stay acclimated to the crate. And as we stated earlier, if I want him to ever drink again, he needs to be in the crate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want him to be comfortable in the crate for when those times where I'd like him to be in the crate or for some reason he needs to be in a crate. Yeah. I want him to always good, be comfortable good being balance, in the crate. Good balance. You want me to keep going? Yeah, I want to hear your list. Uh, I said no displays of aggression are acceptable. Okay, that it's is just a rule a, that you have. It's a restriction. You cannot... Now, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. My dog could be aggressive in, a, in any number of situations. But, but I'm going to immediately address yeah. that. And that kind of goes along the lines with... Um, oh, I have another one. I have a lot here. Um, <laughs> All of a sudden, he's very big on rules. <laughs> Well, they're not even rules. They're just kind of ways to live. Okay. Uh, when we're out hiking or walking around or anything, my dog's not allowed to pick up wood chips, acorns, dead animals, trash, rocks, or anything ever. Mm-hmm. You don't just pick shit up off the ground. And I say this because my clients' dogs, that's a common problem. Yeah. They're going along just foraging. Yeah. It could be chicken bones. It could be any number of things that get really hurt your dog. I had a client once, an extreme, and a lot of times it's anxiety. It's not that they want to pick, it's not like a lab that wants to pick up a stick and carry the stick on their walk. And I can appreciate that. You know, labs like to hold things in their mouths. Yeah, but it's kind of like this pica behavior where they're just swallowing. Oh, we had a dog once that was completely obstructed and packed with sand. It wasn't Took in the dog our care. To the beach. It wasn't in our care, no, but no, it was it, a client dog. She was telling me, and luckily they were able to hose the dog out from yeah. both ends and get the sand out of the dog. Yeah. But she took the dog to the beach. The dog was licking up sand the it entire is, time. It is a mental problem. And that is one that you do implement. I'm impressed yeah, so far. You, you these have a are lot just of basic, ones. basic things, you know. That but you do, yeah. I'm, get, I'm reminded of these because of the people I see every day. And it's no judgment to the people, but these are issues that you don't want to allow to happen because it can lead to medical, you know, surgeries. And we had a, a, I had a deaths, client whose dog passed away um, last month. And when they, before, I mean, it was an obstruction, but then turned into a sepsis. Septic, it was yeah. septic. It was a yeah. terrible thing. Yeah. Um, again, along those lines, no getting into trash cans in the house. That we just do not allow that. And what I mean by that is, of course, the trash can has a lid and the dogs all have learned, our dogs learned early because any untrained dog is going to be interested in a trash can that may have some type of food item in it or something. But that stuff was addressed immediately. Get get the frig away from the can. Yeah. Or we're restricting it by the time. It doesn't like eat dog at the trash or anything, you know, because it was never that big, but the dog was not rewarding himself by pulling out uh, a corn cob, yeah. for example, and now having obstruction surgery and then going back again, like, oh, the dog loves the trash. That stuff is just a reason that we don't allow. Um, in our house, no high value chews, toys, or food are available to multiple loose dogs at the same time. It's just not, if we're going to be giving our dogs marrow bones, they're on bed. Mm-hmm. We don't leave a nice something that all our dogs love <laughs> For and just let them, them all yeah. go, do, do what you want. Yeah. There's going to be a friggin' fight at some point. And guarantee Jess's dog will wind up with all the bones 
sitting in her corner, just growling and keeping dogs away from her. That's the way it would look. She's perfect. Um, <laughs> uh, we get, our dogs get three minutes to eat their meals. That's a bit of an exaggeration. But if they're not eating the food, the food's gone. So, you know, some of our, most dogs, all the food's gone within three minutes. Yeah. You know, if, a dog, if I go back, Jess always says, go get your dog's bowl. I need to use that bowl for someone else. If I look in there and he's, he's still eating, I'm letting him eat. But if he's just not eating, and then the other side of that coin is, last month or three weeks ago, Jess's dog didn't eat. Yeah. And we knew right away, Something something's up. up. Yeah. Something's up with this dog. So that's why it's really a good habit to get your dogs into a routine of you eat when food's offered, you don't eat, that food's gone. Yep. We're not going to leave it out all day long for you. Structured feeding's a good one. All right. Um, here's a, a little, uh, for me, this is important. Dogs must acknowledge their names. So that's a rule. It doesn't mean they have to come. If I say, Jimmy, he better friggin' look at me. Because if he doesn't look at me, then I know I'm even one step farther from having control of that dog. Yeah, that is true. You will. So he's out he's out at the perimeter of the yard and I'm like chopping wood for make a little fire. And if he's getting a little far out, I'll call his name. And I want him to stop what he's doing and because once I got his attention, I can say let's go, clap my hands, you know, get him to interact with me on some level, but I would never let my dog venture off away from me in any situation if I didn't think I could get him to at least acknowledge me when I call his name. Yeah, and if they wouldn't acknowledge you, you'd be like, hey, and clap. Yeah, yeah I'd you be would. running up his ass. Let's go. Well, you're not that quick to be <laughs> okay. doing that, but you'd introduce um, something. Baby gates will be used to manage dogs that cannot be trusted with full access to the home. That's a restriction. We have a, an older dog that got in, into a marking behavior where he he's he a did, rescue. Pee in the meditation he, he'd be great in our presence. He would never do anything <laughs> wrong. We go deal with another dog, he'd roam into another room and pee. Mm-hmm. Just to, you know. Yeah, we don't It, it is what it is. Yeah. Baby gates go up immediately. We're not going to be letting that happen. You know, we clean the rug, we deal with all this crap, and then we do not let that happen. Or he's going to be in a crate. Yeah. But that particular dog, we give him, he's got the most freedom out of all the dogs yeah. almost. And that's fixed the problem. But that, yeah, so put up a baby gate to that room, keep an eye on him, and... God forbid he pees anywhere close to Jess. He, she's gonna, he's gonna pay the price. Um, I do not let my dogs run up on unknown dogs. So Jess and I went to the beach. Was it yesterday? yesterday? Yeah. And there was a lot of dogs on the beach. Yeah, and there Jess were had probably her like dog. a dozen. Yeah. Yeah. All of them, not all of them, but certainly half of them were off leash, and they were all being really well behaved. Like you know, these people, a couple of walking up the, the beach. Their dog is like within 20 feet of them. Jess's dog is off leash with us. She's within 20 feet of us. And if her dog started to go towards another dog, Jess would just call the dog back. No, you don't go running up on a dog you don't know. Yeah. We don't allow that because it's a recipe for a friggin' problem. Yeah. If you're going to have your dog off, and the same with the leash, on leash. You don't let your dog run up to another dog on leash to say hi. It's very poor etiquette. It's bad yeah. Dog handling, bad, bad dog ownership. You don't know what that other dog is like. And uh, give, be respectful to the other people and their dogs with your dog. These are all things he does. I'm very impressed. I didn't think the list would be yeah, this the, long. The thing is, I don't do a lot of training. <laughs> I really don't. But the, but, but the reality is I got a lot of control. 
I mean, I take my dog off leash everywhere. He's he like, I have, a list. To me. I have a list of rules. I'm like, I cannot <clears throat> wait to hear the rules that you say publicly. Um, what else? How yeah, many that, do you have left? Uh, just the one more. I had that okay. no dog, dog leash greetings in public. What's this? Okay. When off leash on a trail hike, my dogs can never run off the trail deep into the woods. Ever. That's true. They do not just friggin' say, woohoo, yeah. I'm running around chasing deer and squirrels, yeah. and this is friggin' great. That's not how we go for a trail hike. The dogs quite often are off leash, but again, they're within 20 feet. They do not go off the trail. They stay on the trail. And if they do go off the trail, it's the quick, hey, you know, redirect. Come on. Yeah. We're walking along dogs, the trail. Our dogs are pretty obsessed with us. Like Sank yesterday at the beach wasn't really interested in seeing other dogs. She, Our dogs don't really want to be off in the woods chasing things. Like They really want to be engaging with us and being near us. But those are all things that you the do, reason honey. I'm that, very impressed. The reason I came up with these is because these are exactly the things my clients' do, dogs do. Uh, yeah. And that the, creates a friggin' and problem the for them. And the clients don't put rules and restrictions And I don't on. even think about it. Like, it's just the way I live with my dogs. And it's not like my dogs feel cheated in any way. They have a yeah. great time. But there's, there's some parameters we're going to interact within. Yeah. It's not a friggin' free-for-all. I don't take you out, let the leash, let take you off the leash so that you can run and be free like a National Geographic friggin' documentary. Yeah, it was, it was a very honest and I think a very helpful list. All right, we're going to go to break and then we get back. I'm going to give you guys some general things that you all can implement, some easy things, and then I'm going to give you my list. And ironically, there's no overlap in our two lists, so oh, this will be great. Rules and regulations. Here we go. Go on a break with Chris. Want to keep up with all the latest from the Quirky Dog Podcast like me and Murphy here? Then make sure you head on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Or if you prefer to listen to The Madness, go on over to iTunes or Spotify and follow the Quirky Dog Podcast. And hey, while you're there, leave a rating and review and let them know what you think of the show. Until then, keep it quirky. All right, Scott and Chrissy decided that the podcast was good enough just with Scott's list, but I'm going to tune in here. Um, I think I said rules and regulations What do you say? Before. No birthday cake oh, before they blow it. out the candles? Stop it. Um, I think I said rules and regulations before we went to break, but it's rules and restrictions. So for the general public, in case you're just sick of hearing how we live and you don't want any more suggestions on that, um, furniture is a great one. We've talked about this before. If you have any aggression issues, any, um, you know, hierarchical issues, if you want to use that term, anything else, um, a no furniture policy is a great policy to have. That's a rule and a restriction. Do you believe in that alpha stuff? That <laughs> dominance theory? To, we don't have to get far down that path. But that is something that you could very easily could implement, have a leash on your dog inside, change the structure and the rules what there. What about your dogs? What do you I'm do? I'm going to do that, but okay. I'm giving the general, some, okay. general public some things too. Right. Um, one thing that you could do, especially if there's any resource guarding, the dog always eats in a crate. Even if you don't use a crate, the meal itself could just be served in the crate. Safe way to keep everybody set. Good rule and restriction to have there. Um, two things that I'll address, but you know, do you have a set routine for behaviors at meals? Do you have a set routine to go outside? Like, is there any rule in those things? Because frequently those are pretty high value things that your dog wants. Your dog wants to eat their meal. Your dog wants to go outside and go potty. Your dog wants to go for a walk or whatever else. That's a great place to implement like a quick sit or whatever you're going to do. And then the other thing I was thinking, um, if you have any handling issues whatsoever, uh, condition that dog to a muzzle. In Canine Mind Shift, we give you the you know, play-by-play of how to actually get the dog conditioned to the muzzle and working in a muzzle. And if you're going to be handling the dog and there's any aggression, get your dog in a muzzle so you can handle your dog safely. So those are things that you guys easily can do to give you some um, like things to think about, food for thought. 
things that I do, I guess I kind of went more the rule route. I'm pretty big with rules, and I guess I'd probably be a pretty Tell strict mother if Jeez. I had biological children. Even I'm not big step, on rules, by the way. Even the stepkids, I, I had rules. Um, so feeding. I have rules at feeding time. Even if I'm feeding Scott's dogs, if I'm going to feed you guys and you're out of a crate for some reason... My dogs are going to offer a sit. I'm going to put the food down. I may take a step back. I may say a word that isn't free. And I don't want that dog to eat until they hear free. So that's like a big one. If they eat in the crate, I'm a little less anal about it. I just throw the food in. But if they're out and about, I'm definitely creating some structure there. The crate. I always have rules for the crate. My dogs have actual crate games where they sit and they get released out. Scott's dogs at least stand. But there are rules at the plane of the crate. And we test that frequently. Like sometimes we'll open the door and just like walk out of the room. What does the dog do? Do they follow us? Do they take the bait? Everything else. We want them thinking. If I don't implement some maintenance on that, it will fall apart. Well, (laughs) certainly with my Malinois. He's like looking at, oh, we playing that game today? Or can I just friggin' bolt out of here? Can I just jump all over your head? Um, Scott brought up some stuff with the car, but I'll extend the rules to the car that the car door is a rule. So if for some reason our dogs are riding loose in the car or anything else, if we open that car door, our dogs are not just flying out. That is for safety. That is for if we get in an accident. That is that. I mean, obviously, if they're in a crate, you have the plane of the crate. And then if they just jump out, you know, from the crate to the pavement, that's one thing. But if for some reason they're not crated in the car, we are creating some structure with like, okay, like you're not going to just fly out. And that's just kind of an extension of crate games and a safety feature that we have. Doorways. I'm big on this, especially if I'm at somebody else's facility or something else. If you have one of those doors that you can't see through, my dog is sitting, I'm opening that door. And it's not because I want to go through first. I don't want my dog going through the doorway into something unknown, crossing paths with a dog that may be snarky, anything else. So I'm big, especially at home. Sometimes, I mean, I can, if I touch the door, my dog will sit and then I can open the door and release them out if I want to play that. But I'm not as hardcore about it there, but I will definitely implement some rules, whether they be shaped or I'm actually telling my dog to sit and wait, um, somewhere else. Swimming. My dogs love swimming. Like really, really, really love it. Especially sink. Vital does too. My dogs are crazy about swimming. I have rules for swimming. You can't just run into a lake if you see it. Um, sink will like cry and look at me like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I say free go swim. Same goes if I'm throwing toys. We have an indoor swimming place near us. If I throw a toy in, I want my dog to actually wait, see the toy land, and I'll release the dog to the toy. I put some structure around swimming, some rules around swimming. It's super high value. Um, water, same kind of situation as with feeding the dog. There's, you know, a bowl of food going down. If there's water going down, especially after exercise, I may get my shape sit. I may put some structure on that. This dog we have in that we've been talking about, we talked about him on the St. Patty's Day podcast. We talked about him today. We've had a a month. He goes home tomorrow. He's crazy about water. His water is like a really good time for me to get this sit, him waiting, me be able to patiently put it down, stand up patiently, and then get released to the water. Crazy about doorways too. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of anxious dogs, they get a little into yeah. the crazy into the water, crazy and... into the doorways. Yeah, that is true. Um, noise in crates, noise on beds, noise in the yard. I will admit that things are a little noisier right now than normal. Vital's living somewhere separate and she's a little bit noisier than I would like. But I am like a zero po- tolerance policy for barking in the crate. Any dog, whether it be our dogs, other people's dogs. Um, I don't want my dog sitting on beds, crying, barking at me. Even if I'm working another dog, like, no, stop it. And then just in the yard, like. I will uh, also say that you in- instructed me to put a bark collar on vital your today. dog this yeah, morning. No, <laughs> because I'm getting noise. I'm getting noise. Yeah, I Before was like, she started letting dogs, yeah, I said, put a freaking collar on the dog. I said, put a bark collar on my dog. Um, noise in the yard. I mean, I will say, admittedly, that Jimmy barks to come in and then Scott just runs to the door. And I guess he's done. And that's fine. We love Jimmy. He has different roles than anyone else. And it's fine. 
Um, but we don't just allow our dogs to be out in the yard or outdoors or anywhere just barking. Like, it's a nuisance. It's a public disturbance. And I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to hear and it. And that's interesting, really, that um, that's one thing that our dogs don't do. Yeah. Like even Jimmy does Jimmy. bark to come in. <laughs> no, yeah. When he wants to come in, he'll bark like, hey, I'm yeah. done. I peed. Yeah. Uh, and that's different than just that running the fence, yeah. barking at birds, all that kind of stuff that a lot of dogs yeah, do. Yeah, or just reactive, hearing noises, Now, I will everything. say, in addition to that, not to get too yeah. sidetracked, we put up a um, fabric a visual blind, blocker, a visual blind on our fence so that they don't see to make it easier for them to be quiet. Yeah, but when we even when we haven't had that before, we just have a zero tolerance policy that if you're out in the yard, outdoors of our home, yeah, but you're we're not trying to help too. Noise. I mean, I don't, want, I don't want to have to just go out there and browbeat them about their barking all the yeah, time. Yeah, but even we have enough quiet. control over our dogs that if we open the door and we say, hey, knock it off, they'll respect us enough to change. And if they don't, then they'll get called in. Um, if you're going to meet someone, so if somebody's going to meet a new person, I'm not crazy all the time that my dogs can't jump, especially if the other person is okay with jumping, I'm fine. But I'll probably do something where I'm creating control before that. Sit, good, free, go see. Like I'm releasing my dog to someone, especially if they want to meet someone, see someone, they're excited about this. This is going to be something of high value to them. I want them to see people. I want them to enjoy people, but I'm controlling that interaction. I'm starting with, okay, give me this. I have some control and then you can go do what you want. Playing with other dogs. If my dog has a lot of value playing with other dogs, um, Sink's best friend is this rescue that we have, Gaia. They're playing all the time. They Every morning they have like a big romp around the thing. That's awesome. I'm totally into playing. If I call Sink out of play, she's going to come out of play. I want to make sure I'm in control of my dogs playing with other dogs for safety's sake. If they now see something and they go darting away just because they were playing and now they're running after something, I want to make sure I can recall my dog. And it's not really a control freak sort of thing. It's just a safety issue. If things are escalating too much, I can get a dog out of there and be like, okay, that's enough. Let's go and separate that quickly. So if it's high value playing with other dogs, I am controlling that somehow. The other thing about the playing is that if you send them out you know, to go potty, and they start playing, yeah. they're not going to pee. They're not yeah, going to poop. That's true. So you need to ride their butt about, hey, knock that crap off, yeah. go potty. Now that they've gone, <laughs> now you can play. We could probably do a whole podcast on my potty <clears throat> rules and but it's restrictions. True. Especially but that's with young thing. dogs. Yeah. It's like children. They start playing, and then when they realize they have to pee, it's too late. They can't yeah. get to the bathroom. And that time. is true. That They go out to pee in the morning, and then they come on the deck, and they do their playtime. So that is a good distinction. Um, chewing something valuable. So Scott's saying that we don't have crazy high-value stuff out. We don't. We do have some farmhounds laying around the house right now. Maybe I wouldn't have farmhounds with actual fur laying around the house. That may be more valuable. If my dog has anything that they're enjoying... I make sure that there's rules to that, okay? My dogs have had resource guarding in the past. My dogs are strong dogs. They could get into it with another dog. They could be snarky, even with a human, if I didn't control it properly. So I make sure, hey, they're enjoying that. Come here. Let me see what you got. Okay, great. Give it to me. Hand it back. Or just that I have this interaction. I'm in control of this situation. I'm not seeing that my dog took this, went to the other side of the room, turned into the corner, is like guarding this with its life. And now I have to, yeah. And now I have to intervene (laughs) if they're choking on it. Like I, I just make sure like, wow, I see that you really enjoy that. Let's make sure that if I need to, like I can get you back and I can get that from you safely for your sake and for my sake. Um, grooming is a big one. I have rules for grooming. I don't allow a lot of BS. My dogs get their nails cut outside of Cousteau. He's too big and it's a whole different process, but I have them on their backs. I do all their feet. I do all their feet hair. I don't want a lot of wiggling. I can't take forever to cut dogs' nails. You know, when we used to own like 10 personal dogs, like that's a lot of nails to do in a day. Like we're going to move through this quickly. So I have rules and I have structure and I have restrictions on grooming. When I'm at the vet, there's rules. Like, you know, even if the tech's taking the dog back, you know, they know to sit, they know to be there, they know to cooperate. They're not going to be fighting and making things more difficult. Criteria on the bed. 
I just taught a trick seminar um, earlier this month. My dog was on the bed for three hours. There were 15 or so other dogs there all out at the same time. I was interacting with all those people's dogs. Sink literally was on a bed for three hours. I'd send her to her open crate sometimes, again, to get water just so she could hydrate and stuff through the whole thing. But she had full access to every human, every toy, every treat, every dog the entire time. And she had very good criteria. My dogs know that if you're on a bed, there's rules to being on a bed. Um, we do a lot of stuff where like the dogs are loose out front uh, of our house, especially Sink and Jimmy. They're really easy keepers. They're kind of our main core dogs. Vital, I don't trust as much out in the front of our house. We live on a decently busy street and everything else. So if I have to go get something out of the shed or something, I'll put her in a down. She still has access to this whole situation, but I, I, I feel better about having her in a long down and I just, you know, go to the shed, check on our look back. There's rules there. If I'm going to be crossing the plane where now you're near the street and I don't know if there's going to be a little rodent or something, I'm stabilizing her. I'm creating rules around that. Toys, toys and tugging. My dog Sink loves tennis balls, like loves, 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 loves them. I could put two balls in a room and she would play two ball all day long. I need to make sure that I can have her call out of that if I need to, for safety's sake, whatever else. Tugging. My dogs love tugging. There's rules to tugging. They'll out. They'll re-engage on my cueing. It's not just whenever they want to. I only have three more. I I have a lot lot of rules. rules. I know, I know, I know. Um, Running with other dogs. We talked about that. It's similar to playing with other dogs, but it's an extension of that, that if the dogs are going to like be body slamming or they're not going to be thoughtful about the other dogs that they're loose with, that dog may go on a leash. That dog may not be able to free run. That dog may be next to me. I do not want like a dog getting T-boned and hurt just because we're running through the woods. So running with other dogs is separate to me than necessarily playing with other dogs. And there's rules to that. Treatment of other species, you guys, um, if there are interactions with birds or cats or anything else, I am creating rules there. You are respectful to this animal. You are not going to just go up and invade this animal's space. You are not going to just chase this animal. I am creating boundaries as soon as those interactions occur, and my dogs learn that at a very young age. I can elaborate on that just a little bit. I've had more than one client over the years tell me that they allow their dog to chase rabbits. Yeah. They think it's fun, it's recreational, but they've also caught and killed rabbits. Mm -hmm. It's not a very big leap from killing a rabbit to killing another small dog, a yeah. little toy dog. Or a cat. I don't allow my dogs to engage in... Any of that Yeah, prey. that's not recreation. You get to go kill this animal. It's no. not like they're trained. They're not hog hunting dogs. Yeah, no, it's you true. We're, we're pretty strict. And um, if you can control them in all those environments, and, you know, the old story about the wolf in the hen house type thing, or if your dog has killed a chicken, it's much more difficult to keep them from killing chickens. Yeah. If they've never killed one and you can get them off of it, They've never had that rewarding experience of the kill. And then if they, a lot of dogs just like the kill and then they don't care about it, but other dogs will eat it. Yeah. And now it's just a big rewarding experience yeah, that you have very, to deal with for the rest of your life with that dog. It's very satiating for dogs to experience that sometimes. And Scott's right. And also if they're killing certain animals, like those animals can have shit wrong with them and you don't want them yeah, eating it. Yeah, they're carrying all kinds of stuff. There's a lot of stuff there too that freaks me out. All right, and then and the she's last an animal one. rights person, so then she'd have that other. She <laughs> know, couldn't I'd sleep be, at night. I'd be crying that the other animals killed. It's a whole problem. The mouse died, you know, a premature death. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my last one, and this literally was me just sitting down at the counter for five minutes when we first got here. My last one was elevators. So if I'm traveling or something else, um, and my dog is on an elevator, 
I always create rules around an elevator. I always want my dog either sitting or laying down while the elevator's going up and down. I'm very conscious of when that door opens, they don't fly through, even if there's a little bit of fear there. But that is someplace that I implement if I'm ever at a hotel or a venue that has an elevator. There's just rules associated with that elevator to keep everyone else in the elevator safe and my dogs, you know, safe and on the straight and narrow as well. That reminds me of that old TV show, Let's Make a Deal. What's behind door number one, door number two, <laughs> yeah. or door number three? When that door opens, you don't know you don't what's going to be there. Yeah. It could be a dog totally out of control. Yeah. It could be someone that loves dogs that just going to say, oh my God, I love this dog. Yeah. And comes running in to like hug your dog. Yeah. So, you know, I always put my dog behind me when I'm on an elevator and I don't know what's on the other side of that door. I'm not stressed about it, but I'm just prepared to, this is how we're going to go through this door and whatever's going on on the other side of that door. If it were someone with a dog, I'd say, could you give me some space before you come in? Cause I'm getting out. Yeah. I'm and not going to have would, some strange dog in an elevator. Now we're going up eight floors Scott would, to find out, holy crap, that dog's aggressive. <laughs> that didn't go well. Scott would manage that situation more so than me, but I always put pretty strict rules there. And you can listen to this and think like, oh my God, like they're dogs. They have no agency. They have no anything. Like what the hell? I promise you, you guys, like... It was Singh's birthday yesterday. I bought her like a four-foot balloon. We're going to go sit in the bathtub. We got a little robot she bought for the dog. (laughs) Stop with the robot. We're going to literally go grind like 400 pounds of dog food after this. Like our dogs have great lives. We love our dogs with everything. They have a lot of freedom. But the reason that they are able to enjoy this much freedom and everything else is because of these rules and restrictions that we put on them. So if you're not putting a lot of rules and restrictions on your dogs at home, think You're probably having a lot of trouble with your dogs. There will be carryover from simple, simple things like this. And some of this stuff was way more nitpicky and stuff that may not even enter into your lives. But that list I gave right after break for the general public, like these are things that you can easily implement tonight, tomorrow in life. And dogs should have rules and restrictions, you guys. They feel better in their own headspace. They are safer and they are better family members. So please consider it. Yeah, if they have rules and uh, you're strict... And incorporate some discipline, your dogs get a ton of freedom. Yeah. They get all the freedom that you actually want them to have. Yeah. Our dogs are off leash most of the time. We Without do all equipment kinds of stuff on. Like it's leash. not, we, yeah. they, our dogs have good control, but we have made them to be dogs like this. And the dogs that we have in our care for client dogs, they have good control also. It's just a safety issue for us. And these are things I loved the way that Scott kind of prefaced this R&R thing and then t- turned it into rules and restrictions. But we're seeing more and more and more with owners lately, they're backing off on the rules and restrictions. So often Scott is on a call, somebody calls and you know, inquires about dog training and I'm listening to the call. Maybe it's on speakerphone for some reason or another. And I'm doing this in the background. And, and then he's like, do you use a crate? Like there are all these things that people just back off on. And I would say at least half of the time they say, well, we have a crate, yeah. but you know, the dog know just the, goes in it when they want. The dog loves the crate. Yeah. When does it go in the crate? It goes in whenever, whenever it, wants. it wants to take a nap. Do you, do you ever close the door? Oh no. Yeah. No, yeah. we and, don't. And and that's fine if that's like the situation that you're creating. But if you're having behavioral fallout, rules and restrictions are the way to go. So I love the topic, honey. I thought it was great. Do we think we did it justice? I think so. And I will say that um, a lot of these things, if you're proactive in implementing these these little rules and restrictions, uh, you'll find that the dog is just better behaved all the way around. It's like a lot of the issues are unrelated. Like, oh, my dog doesn't, I don't need a crate. My dog pulls on the street. It, it's all interrelated. Just yes. like I tell people all the time with their kids, if you have a child that's swearing at you in the house, good chance they're going to be swearing at the teacher. Yeah. If you have good rules in the house, you have good rules in the classroom. 
And predictability makes us feel good as humans, you guys. Everyone fell apart during COVID. When we did election day uncertainty, when we didn't know who was going to be president, it took forever long. Uncertainty doesn't make any animal feel good in its body. So predictability is good and rules and restrictions create predictability. A little bit of housekeeping. If you did not see... Rachel Sample's rescue, revisiting rescue episode from last week. It has been a huge hit. We covered a lot of great stuff. She was an awesome guest, and we brought up a lot of key points that are going on in current day rescue. Uh, Monthly meditation will be up tonight. It actually features Winston, this dog that we've talked about again and again and again and again on the podcast, saying it's our hardest case ever. He goes home tomorrow. And and the owners told us that he has a history of... He said, they said several bites, uh, but then when Jess got them to write things down, it turned into 20 yeah, instances there are, of biting Yeah, there are a lot people. of things. We talked about him a lot on our St. Patty's Day podcast. We really had to change our ways and work really hard with this one. He is on a bed during meditation. This particular dog doesn't like stepping on the leash. First candidate we've ever seen that stepping on the leash gives him too much restriction. So he is on a bed. It is just him. Um, and I'm not even going to have music on for monthly meditation today, just so you can see the whole interactions and, with that. And I will say just re- with regard to this particular dog, we took away all his agency, if you want to call it that. He had no freedom to do anything for a good two and a half weeks to them being loose in the kitchen with Jess mm-hmm. with, with the baby gates up. We're giving him more freedom. He's, you know, he's being much better behaved, but then he like, we have a dog crated in the, in the kitchen. He went over and got a little snarky with that dog, and Jess was able to immediately stop that. So he's learning, yeah, you can be free and still have you these to, rules. You need to be just, you don't need to like everything, but you don't react to yeah. anything. That's he's true. been a tough case, though, and he is featured in our meditation. So March monthly meditation will be up tonight. Thank you guys so, so much for joining us this Wednesday. Please, 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 rules and restrictions. We're all about it. And in the meantime, keep it quirky. Bye, guys. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.